This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and with me today is Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today we're going to talk about the Ubisoft Nintendo Brainchild Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle Bungie's Destiny 2, the game we've been waiting for, and a little bit of game news. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch our show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. As always, we would really appreciate any feedback, so send that to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. I don't really think anybody's played much else uh, this time around, so why don't we get to that game news right quick? Sure. Uh, well, Unless you have something. I just want to say I finally got my first chicken dinner in PUBG. And probably stopped playing And I recorded it. <laughs> no, I still played and I still had fun until Destiny came out. And that's all I've played. Right. <laughs> that's all. Right on. All right. Well, so long, PUBG. We hardly knew you. Yep. So let's talk some news. What do we have news-wise, Alex? All right. First up, it's you, John. Oh, first up's me. Yeah, so Sony is going to be coming out with some new uh, controllers here. They've got the crystal set coming, uh, crystal clear, crystal blue, and crystal red, and they're going to be $65, basically. The crystal red is exclusive to, was it? Is that Best Buy? Is that Best Buy? The blue is exclusive to Walmart, and the clear is exclusive to GameStop. Yes. Uh, this is cool for anybody who had the old school uh you know, dual shocks that uh, were crystal clear because it's something that I mean, Alex, you even you said you still have yours from yeah. PlayStation One or PlayStation yeah, Two. Yeah, I've got a PS One Dual Shock that's this crystal blue. It's the exact so, same crystal blue. Heisenberg edition. Yes, and uh, <laughs> before before Heisenberg, well, not Heisenberg. Anyway, uh, yeah, these are really awesome. I'm excited to buy the blue one because it's so cool. I mean, I just remember thinking back in the day. I think the first one that I remember ever coming out. Was the um, the Game Boy Pocket? Yeah, they, they had, had the like crystal a clear purple. edition. Yep. Yeah, and then the pocket also pocket color actually. Well, the color the color had them too, but I think the pocket was like the first one that I remember seeing. I don't know if the original Game Boy did. They one came or in not. different colors. They didn't come crystal clear though. It was mm. like you could get the pocket. It originally came in a silver color. Yeah. And then they released solid colors after that. And then when Game Boy Pocket color came out, they started releasing the translucent ones. Okay. Pocket color was first. It was initially released as a solid purple and a crystal clear purple. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember we both asked for them for Christmas that year, and you got the solid one, and yep. I got the crystal clear one. Yeah, yeah. And I, I always liked those. Even they're cool. Though, it's just yeah. cool because you can see inside, neat. and yeah. like it's a nice touch. And not that they're built any differently in terms of construction or anything. It's just a cool aesthetic, you know. Well, and even the cool uh, the thing that I liked about the PlayStation controllers was that you can see the motors actuating yeah. inside. So like the Ooh. idea that you can see them spinning around inside the, dual the handles. The shockiness of it all. Yeah, it was it was always cool. So right. I'm I'm excited to grab one. What do we know? Did they have a date in here? Uh November, I think for uh Japan and Europe maybe. Scroll down. There you go. PlayStation uh, fans in Europe will get the crystal clear range in October. Controllers are also coming to Japan in November alongside midnight blue and steel black color schemes. Um we're getting ours it doesn't say exactly. This month. Later this month. So, September. End of September, I would cool. assume. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. 
Oh yeah. I could always use another one because I know I'm going to blow through the three that I have. Well, two of I have three Dual Shocks right now. Two of them are the original Dual Shock fours. They both have an awful amount of float to them when mm. you're playing. Uh, thanks, Destiny One. <laughs> um, and the new one, I even like from day one, I've had issues with the new one, and I just that never sucks. took it back because I didn't care enough. Yeah. And it's uh, like I've had issues with it disconnecting the party chat, like just turning off, like you know that yeah, sort of thing like, through my headset. Or yeah, I know it's all aw- it's awful, and like just a certain amount of float here and there, like it, or just not being responsive enough with the joysticks, like yeah. I've little never, little issues that are that add up to being a, a kind of a bigger problem. I was never one to have like four PlayStation Three controllers or four Xbox Three Sixty controllers, but Sony really hit the hit the home run when they were like, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna give these things a five hour battery life." Yeah, and then I'm like, "All right, I'm in for four because now I own I own four. Three of them are always with the PlayStation. One of them is either at the PC or with the PlayStation Vita." Right. So. I uh, uh PlayStation TV. So I'll I'll probably pick up another one. I don't know. I might trade in my uh one, one of my other one, my white one cuz I have two black ones. I have my original black one from my launch PS4. I've got my PS4 Pro launch one that has the light bar at the top like these new ones do. Yeah. Um I have the 20th anniversary PlayStation one that's gray with the colored PlayStation logo on it. Huh. And then I have a, a white one, so I'll probably trade the white one in. But. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Scuff Gaming will refurbish and make you better controllers. Like, you can send them a broken one, and mm. they'll, like, redo it to have, like, the back the backside toggles and stuff, like uh, the, yeah, the yeah. pro Paddles controllers. Yeah. That's cool. So For a ridiculous amount of money, I believe. Yeah, but it's cheaper than if you were to actually just buy one outright from them because you're giving them a controller to do it with, but yeah. they'll, re- yeah, sure. they'll refurbish it for you too, like fix the float and update the joysticks and everything. The only one that I had trouble with, I bought the the white one that I have, I bought a blue one with it, and I sold that one with my PS4 when I sold it after getting the Pro because it had float to it. <laughs> 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 Sorry, guy. But uh, Hope yeah, you're not so I listening. got I got rid of that one. That's the only one that I really had any yeah. major problems with. But I have heard many people with rubber coming My, off. Yeah, the float. first controller I had, the rubber started wearing away real quick. Yeah, right yeah. on. But yeah, that's cool. Uh, Brian, you wanted to talk about Blizzard briefly. Yes, yeah. they're uh, opening their own arena in Los Angeles for esports events. Obviously, Overwatch League and uh, Hearthstone Championship stuff. But beyond that, nobody really knows. Probably other events as well that yeah. are not Blizzard related. I would, related. I would assume they'd be doing a Destiny something at some yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, anything in the Activision realm, probably. So maybe even COD or Call of Duty, whatever, if you want to call it that. Yeah. I'm curious to see if they'll actually, like, be having other champion like other championships not just yeah. like the greater activision family but like if they're like hey because this is like the first arena that is dedicated to esports only yeah so mm-hmm. like other national sports teams have been picking up esports little by little and i think the guys on the replay podcast mentioned that their big uh rugby leagues I believe uh, we're starting to have corresponding esports teams for each of their rugby teams. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, I know. I mean, at least one of the like owners of professional sports in the U.S. owns an esports team. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's cool, and it's cool. <laughs> like it's insane to me that Blizzard is like, yes, 
we will make money off of doing this thing. Yeah. Now. That's crazy. Yeah. I never would have imagined I think it'll that. work. Yeah. Totally. They usually All those people buying booster packs on Hearthstone really pay <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, they're paying know? for this arena. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you get a brick in the arena if yeah. you buy enough Hearthstone packs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got your name on it. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they said they're already selling tickets for the event, uh, for the first event, and the arena is opening on October 7th. So I don't, oh, wow. I don't know that it's like an actual full-fledged, like, we built this arena if they're repurposing one or something like that. Dude, we should buy the Silver Dome and do this. Well, not the, sil- <laughs> the, sil- the sil- Silver Dome's like... Silver Dome's in pretty yeah. bad damage, the palace, but the palace though? is now going to be completely empty. Like, they're yeah. closing it down, so they, that would it be It should the- be the Detroit eSports Stadium. Totally. That would be well, awesome. somebody else is going to steal this idea. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I we talk about it we, on here, so we're not going to do anything we, about yeah, it. We don't have <laughs> any money to do this kind of thing. So. Somebody please do this and if just someone help, wants to like, let us, us be involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll let me. I, you know, I know some people connected to the sports we'll, world. Maybe we'll I'll do you, some talking. We'll let and you see name it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Naming rights. Yep. And that's it. The quick huge dudes arena. The huge dudes arena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Age Shacks location arena. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. What do you got, Alex? We'll see what else. Uh, so Rockstar dropped a bomb this week and we're like, Hey, we're bringing a game to new consoles and it's not red dead. Wah, wah, wah. It's LA Noir. But this will tie you over. <laughs> so LA Noir, did either of you guys play? I, no. I own it. I have not touched it. I wanted to play it at some point, but I assumed it was long because it was a Rockstar game <laughs> and there were just other games out that I cared about more. It, it was one of those games that kind of, yeah, it came out at a period where like there was a lot of other games that were happening and yeah. I picked it up on Steam for like $3 yep. and it just sat in my Steam library. Yeah, I think Rick bought me my copy for $5 during a Steam sale as like a gift because I think I got him something yeah. as well and... uh but I've never played it, and I've also heard that the PC port isn't particularly good. Okay, so that good to know. Also, I, I heard about that after the fact. Yeah. But anyway, they're going to be bringing L.A. Noir to the PS4, Xbox One. Uh, they're going to have HTC Vive compatibility with a few case files or something like that. From what I hear, and that would be Switch. really. And it's also coming. That would be to really interesting uh, to have the VR aspect. Like I, yeah. I assume it would be similar to Arkham VR. That in pretty sure sense. that's what I read. Which is cool because Arkham VR was sweet. Like if they made more detective games like that, awesome. I'm on board. Well, and I remember like I remember people like the big conceit of this game was the idea that they team Bondi, who were the developers of the game, uh, did extensive motion capture with real actors, and it involved an insane amount of dots on the face and like it's extremely intensive uh motion capture yeah because the game one of the game mechanics is being able to to read. find somebody's tell to know when they're lying from, right from their facial yeah. expressions which sounds remarkable on paper but apparently an execution is not as fantastic as it sounds although i don't know from firsthand experience i would just assume but, like when it bugs out their faces just start twitching <laughs> into these weird contortions you must be lying <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, they should have used that technology back in uh that, or would have been useful back in Oblivion, I want to say. Yeah. When you're trying to figure out how to persuade people. Yeah. 
them. See if they're angry or yeah. Because no matter like what, you could, really you could someone someone looked happy, but they were still yeah. scowling or whatever. <laughs> like like you you made them happy, but they're still like. Yeah. <laughs> Those facial animations were really they were good. Awful. Um, but, I never understood that aspect of that game. I had one of, of those those lizard creatures was yeah. my main. But if you became a vampire, it glitched out and gave you human eyes. It was so horrible. <laughs> That's terrifying. Um. So I, I like doing those scenes in Vive. Like I don't know if that's exactly what's going to be in Vive, or if they're if right. you're just going to be looking around the apartment, picking up evidence and turning it around and stuff. But like you got to talk way. like this, see? <laughs> but <laughs> the idea that you could be sitting in the interrogation room with a suspect and like noticing their foot tapping on the floor or something like that, like having even why more are you tapping your foot there, son? Yeah, yeah. In, in VR, you can actually get down and look under the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What What are you doing under there? Uh, what kind of shoes you wearing? Listen think, here, gumshoe. <laughs> I think that's that would be a cool application. So it'll be cool to see what they do with the vibe. But the other thing, uh, this game coming to Switch, I'm curious to see what the performance is like. Not that it's an extremely intensive you get game nowadays. 1.3 hours of battery life out of it. <laughs> yeah, that'll Probably. be one thing. But then also, um, apparently, it's going to be more expensive on, on Switch? the Switch what, because like, of, of the cartridge, seventy dollars. Yeah, let me let me it's take a look two here. Cartridges. So is is the digital version, which I'm assuming you'll be able to buy it through the Nintendo store, is that going to be cheaper? Or no? I don't think so. I don't think it works that way because there have stupid. been other other. Well, maybe I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to do some investigation. But yeah, so oh, the price well, it's under sixty still. Yeah, so. it's going to be fifty dollars on Switch or forty dollars on PS4 and Xbox One. So Rockstar, um, give me a break! You've I, made so much money off of Grand Theft Auto Five. You, you just come on. There's there's a lot of games I would prefer to get on Switch, and this is definitely not one of them. Honestly. Yeah. So so the okay. So it says here in this Polygon article titled uh, "La Noire on Switch is pricier than on other consoles." Um, it says, uh, for Rhyme, which is, uh, an indie game called, uh, by, by Greybox that came out earlier, earlier this year, it's coming to Switch and the physical release is $39.99 as, as opposed to $29.99 like on PS, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. My guess is with the physical Switch release highlighted in that, in that thing, maybe, maybe the normal, maybe the download version will be cheaper, but yeah. we'll have to, we'll have to follow up. We won't know until we know. Yeah. Yep. So... Anyway, you should note that it does also say that with the physical copy, you do get a download of the soundtrack with Rhyme. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a cool that's way for common. them to offset. That they did the cost. same thing with like Poyo Poyo Tetris too. I think it was like it was twenty nine dollars in the e shop, and then it was like forty dollars in store. But you got a keychain with it or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So they're they're trying to offset that cost or like influence you to somehow want to buy the physical copy over mm-hmm. the digital one still, but. Well, the good news is, if you have something like Gamers Club Unlocked, yeah, that game is fifty. If the, if La Noire is fifty dollars on Switch, you get ten dollars off. Then it right. brings it down to the other price. So, so you get it for that price, anyways, and you exactly. get a downloadable soundtrack. Yeah, and you can well, resell it. We don't know. Yeah, Noir, I know. I just yeah. for instance. Yeah, and you and you can sell it back, which is why I did that with Poyo Poyo. I was like, I will get the physical edition because I can get rid of it if I yeah. want to. So anyway. uh... I like the idea of me playing L.A. Noire. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it would be cool. 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, it might be one of those games. I mean, you take a lot of uh, you know long distance flights. It might be yeah. one of those games that like you would like on your Switch while you're on an airplane. Yeah, like, yeah. Knows? So like, it it might be one of those things where because it's on the Switch, I might have more time. It, to come play. Yeah. it comes out November 14th, so well, it will not be out in time for me to go to Japan. No, but, but your next point, yeah. your next flight to it Japan won't be your or last wherever flight to Japan. I'm sure. Oh, you should also uh, announce what you're doing while you're in Japan. Uh, but, so it, it's. I, I will be going to Japan for work uh, t- in the latter half of this month. I fly out uh, on Saturday. And it just so happens that my free weekend that I have there is the Tokyo Game Show, which is something that I've been paying attention to since I was like... like five years old. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm i hoping to be able to attend. I'm looking into getting a hotel and, and the, the bullet train tickets. It's only $10 a day to attend the public days, so... And oh, I've heard nice. that attendance has been kind of low the past couple of years, so I'm wondering, I'm, I might be able to just walk in there and check things out, but we'll see who I can see and what kind of, who I can talk to. What if you get to meet stuff. Hideo Kojima? <laughs> that would be nuts, but my guess is he would not be on the floor where, old, where plebeians like is, myself. What if he's wearing that sweet armor suit for his yeah i mean he's, you know, he, a lot of people he cosplays as ludens yeah the, in uh, disguise that, uh, i'll keep an eye out or for he ludens. just dresses up like mads mickelson <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be pretty fantastic. <laughs> wouldn't you want to meet mads Nick, uh, mickelson too? That, yeah absolutely that so. would be sweet actually uh i'm well, gonna he's dressed as kojima yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see we'll see what i what i get to do uh while I'm there, I'll try and post a lot of pictures and stuff at the very least. But <laughs> they're probably nowhere near the same size. <laughs> do you uh, do you want my little video camera? I'll probably take my GoPro yeah. and I'll have my iPhone. So we'll see. You should get uh, Google Glass or whatever that is. Was that the glasses that? Didn't yeah, it's work no. Out? Yeah, it's they don't make those. Yeah, anymore. It it'd, be, it'd be cool. Though. Plus, they were like fifteen hundred dollars or whatever. But uh, Zach says it's so disappointing they don't just re-release Red Dead Redemption. I agree. It you should, can play they should, it on the backwards compatibility. Yeah, you can play it uh, on backwards on, compatibility uh, on Xbox, Xbox One. You can play yeah, it on yeah. PlayStation Now, on PS4. Oh, okay. Um, but it's it would be same. nice for them to finally bring out a PC port. Or we could just play Red Dead 2 whenever it comes out. Yeah, in 2027, when if it's If there's anything here. we've learned, guys, don't rush these things. <laughs> They're usually just worth the wait. Just don't do it. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like, well, they ported GTA V from those systems to the Let's new be ones, honest. So. They were probably already working on that to begin with. That's true. But you never and it know. And it was their way of being like, all right, guys, like we're going to have to pay for Red Dead, so let's uh, mm-hmm. release it on two sets of systems because everybody who's going to buy it on 360 and PS3 are going to buy it for Xbox One and PS4. Yeah, so. I rebought it. Yeah, But I sold my 360 copy for quite a bit. So I didn't really take much of a loss. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, anyway, that's news. Yeah, I think that's it. It was a pretty slow news week, all things considered. Yeah, two weeks rather. Yeah. Oh, uh, and- well, because everybody's been posting thirty Destiny articles every day. Yeah, is kind of how well, it's been going. And I, I, I want to also. Talking about. <laughs> I want to also mention when I'm Alex, not saying I'm I'm saying like Polygon well, yeah. is like here's 30 articles about Destiny everything Alex, you need to know with a bunch of misinformation yes yeah when Alex is out of town we're it's going to be 
you're gone for what three weeks? I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Two weeks. So. so one of those weeks will be an episode week for the podcast, and instead of doing the podcast, we're going to just live stream the Destiny Two raid. Yeah, if you guys we're are cool with that, if you can get the six people together, and I think oh, we don't make know. promises yet. Yeah, that's most knock, likely. Knock what's on going wood. To there will probably be some Destiny streaming at that point in time. I mean, I've I've Hopefully been trying to be stream little by little, like as I've been playing, like for little whiles, and I had a couple people watching me yesterday when I was just solo played Titan Story. Yeah. Um, but today we, I recorded we for like nothing. three and a half hours and nobody We had some interesting in. conversations about pizza and yeah. some other unrelated stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's on our Brian <laughs> found an ability in the game where you can Ray Parker Jr. around the uh, arena. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm going to try and cut that clip out if I can find it. Yeah, that would be anyway, a good one. We can talk more about Because you basically that. die. I, yeah. No, I died and then he yeah. Ray Parker Jr.'d over to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, let's talk about Mario plus Rabbids. Yep. All right, I'll see you guys in like twenty minutes. No, because you can, you can uh, join in this conversation by helping. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can be the Guide. audience stand-in. You yeah. can ask questions. Ask questions. You can ask it. from an XCOM fan point of view. All right. So that being said, yeah. Mario plus Rabbids is basically a standard turn-based tactical RPG. Uh, Nico, there's your descriptor. Yes. It is the perfect combination of XCOM, Final Fantasy Tactics, and also Mario and Luigi for the Game Boy Advance. Those three games put together give you this game, and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love this game, and I'm pissed that it came out the same time Destiny did. Because (laughs) I want to play this game too, but I have other people depending on me for Destiny. Nobody's depending on me for this. You know, this will be my toilet game, probably. I'm going to play a lot of it on the Which is kind of a bummer. For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I think I... Where am I? I've, I've, gone, I've been through the... I just got um, Mario Rabbid. Rabbid Mario. Okay, yeah. So, so you're like him. in the middle of World 2, I yeah. think. I just finished World 2, I okay. think. Okay, and there's four worlds? Does that sound right? Uh, five. I think five? there's five. Okay. Uh, Pat is asking what the minimum power rating needed for the Mario plus Rabbids raid is. Uh, it's this Pat. You need to have you need to have like seven uh, <laughs> seven Rabbids out of ten in order to to do it. But um, yeah, um, this game is great. The art style is awesome. The graphics are great. The music is awesome. The humor is all over it. Like I thought the Rabbids would be super annoying. I thought this game was gonna be terrible. I think everyone thought this game was going to be terrible. <laughs> the this is this is a game that when everybody heard about it on paper, it was back when like people were throwing switch rumors around left and right and somebody was like there's going to be a Mario plus Rabbids game and then everybody was like nobody's asked for that. Yeah. We don't need that at all. And we basically watched that one French dude like cry his eyes out. Yeah, the the, 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 uh, the game the, the game designer he was, he was very he was overwhelmed with emotion when when Miyamoto was on stage talking up his game. I'm blown away by how good this game is. Like I did not think it was going to be this enjoyable, and that's that's coming from someone who literally said no thanks from the get go. Yeah. This I think this is the biggest surprise of the year, overtaking how good Resident Evil Seven so turned out. You're yeah. saying I this think. is going to beat out Zelda for Game of the Year on Switch? That wasn't a surprise. <laughs> like everybody knew that was coming. Like if we do a most surprising, mo- most surprising game that you liked, 
Gotcha. It's going to be, it's, this, I think Mario and Rabbids would be number one in that category. Because I know we're probably going to do top fives again. This will be in I my know. top five. We might have to do that top might be ten. Very we might difficult. have to do top tens. I think we're going to have to do top, top tens. tens. We'll We've had a really good year for games. And this, yes. this Mario Rabbids. There was Rabbids, like a top five in the first like couple when, months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This We've had a really good year. And this game is, is no exception to that. It, it is awesome. Everything about it is great. Yep. Uh, I'm, there's maybe like one little gripe that I have and it's just because there's no, when you're playing the battles, when you're battling, there's no like confirm action. So like if you accidentally do something, like if you meant to like map out your moves, cause you can create combos. That's one of the best parts about this is your characters all can do like a slide move to damage Mm -hmm. an enemy and then slide back to an other to another one of your characters to then bounce off of them to go further ahead in the map and Uh. then you can attack so you can create these crazy combos all over the map because essentially every battle you have a set amount of moves that you can finish the battle in in order to get a perfect score yeah so like i have battles that are like seven you have seven turns to get a perfect score and I've completed them in maybe two turns. It's so satisfying. It is the greatest <laughs> feeling ever. And it's it's just fun trying to sit there and plan it's them like all out. It's like trying to go uh, under par golfing. Exactly, yeah. And and the the frustrating part of it is sometimes you're trying to map out moves and then you like accidentally hit the wrong button and you make a move that you didn't mean to do yeah. and there's no confirm like do are you yeah. sure or like hit hit the button twice to confirm like once to lock it in second to go kind yeah, of yeah imagine like, like i played uh xcom with the iron man mode where it saves after every turn yeah, yeah. and yeah that really yeah, that, sucks if you make the wrong move it's basically you that can't take like, it back it's always iron load. man mode but yeah. like in final fantasy tactics for instance like you could hit the b button or whatever to back off like if you already had yeah. moved your character you could hit B to start them back to where oh, they were yeah. and like restart that whole process. That would be cool. Or like a rewind feature I guess or something. Mario plus Rabbids is a way more serious game. It is somehow. More I don't hardcore. know. <laughs> but it's it's super fun and the weapons are all really cool and like I mean they're Mario all pretty standard projectiles, really cool. you know? And like ev- so every character has a primary and a secondary weapon. The primaries are all ranged weapons, the secondaries are all close quarters for the most part. Except, kind of. Well, so Mario uh, Mario's is close quarters. Rabbit Mario's is close quarters. Yeah, they both have hammers. Yeah, Peach has Peach Pe- and Peach Rabbit and Luigi have like a it's like a robotic cart, like a little Roomba thing that that can yeah. go off and actually like the main little thing you play as is a Roomba really, but yeah, um, he's got this little drone thing that can go off and like attack enemies for you. You yeah. kind of set it on a path and it does it. It's like an exploding. Bomb. Yeah, like a proximity mine kind of thing. Um, Luigi Rabbit has a bazooka. He's got a bazooka, yes. But so, you, like, it's cool having two different types of uh, weapons, and every character has two different types of special, like, buffs or debuffs. Nerfs, is it? Would it be? Yeah, I don't know. Y- yeah. Status effect things that you can do to enemies and things like that. It's it's just really well done. There's uh, So, I started this game, and... and- the first world, like every world has like 10 chapters. Every chapter has like two to three battles in it. I think it's two. Okay. So then you, you have to finish both of those battles in order to like complete that chapter. And as you're moving along, you're going through the world and there's little puzzles and things like finding, uh, like pushing blocks around or uh, getting like going through uh, pipes to go find like rabid pipes to go and 
get to different parts of the island and find like goodies that are in the form of like art or uh, sound or music uh, tracks, or you can also 3D find models. Yeah, 3D models, but you can also find purple orbs, which are used in the skill tree to hmm. develop the skill tree. But and the skill, skill tree is like super minimalistic. Yeah, it's very simplistic, but the I like th- this game has. Way more depth than I thought it would. Like, I remember playing through the first couple missions, I was like, man, I wish this game had a skill tree. And they're like, hey, this is the skill tree. And I was like, oh, man, this is sweet. Yeah. So then, like, but but it's all very laid out. You know you're going to get everything by the end of the game. Like, mm-hmm. it all makes sense in that in that point, from that point of view. But it's just, there's so much, it's kind of an art to doing these levels. Like you said, like, having seven turns to complete the thing... And so, then doing it in two. That's feels that's on the high end. So in a, in a sense, it's almost like a puzzle game. Then. Absolutely, exactly. And it's great because you're like, okay, Mario. Uh, Mario's like kind of the all around kind of guy. He's pretty powerful, but he's not like insane. Rabid Mario's the tank of the group because he not only has an ability that will pull people to him, but he also has a shield that reduces more damage if he's moving. Hmm. So you can use him to disable the overwatches of the opposing Hmm. team. Mario and Luigi both have overwatch, and you can also upgrade them so that they have several several firings in their overwatch. So what what I say when I mean overwatch is you can put them into this status. Well, I'm explaining to the greater people. But... You put them into the Overwatch status, which means if they see any enemies moving, then they will shoot at them in a certain range. So once you get them up to, like, four different, like, Mario's got two Overwatches, and Luigi has two Overwatches, and then you have, like, a huge tank enemy that's coming at you, you can lure them into moving towards you, and then that means that you get four shots on them to then kill them in, like, one go. So... Having all of these different ways to not only stretch out the movement of your character by, like, doing damage as you move, like, dash through characters and then jumping off of your your friendly characters to, like, get further than you would normally think you would go in, like, an XCOM or a Final Fantasy Tactics, it's all extremely fluid, it's... It can be, like, extremely optimized in order to figure out, like, the best way to do all of the things that you can possibly yeah. do like and it's super satisfying to feel like you have stretched the economy of your turn you're like i have done everything i could possibly do with this turn i've done maximum damage like it it feels really good well even just doing it with one like one turn with one of the three characters yeah. can can be like significantly longer than it, you think it should it's yeah. it's really interesting the way it plays and it and it just works yep. like Everything about this game works, except for the no confirmation. That's my only gripe. <laughs> and it, I, I, for all intents and purposes, it shouldn't work like this. It just sounds when you think about it, it like because I just remember the first Rabbids game on the on the Wii, the original yeah. Wii, and I was like, it's fun for like five seconds, and then you're like, this is dumb. It's and like it's a Mario kind of annoying. Game. Yeah, and it, they're just annoying. But so you think like this, you hear Mario plus rabbits, like really? And you're just like, no, this is stupid and I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, everybody should want something to do with this game. The story's nothing insane, but it's fun. Yeah. And, and the humor is goofy and funny. Like I found myself laughing at the things charming. happening to it. And I'm on the verge of being 33 years old, you know, <laughs> like 
it's it's just it's good. It's a good game. It's really well done. It's a, it's super fun. Not terribly expensive. It's it's great, and I love it. I will say, if Destiny Two hadn't been coming out a few days later, I wouldn't have picked it up, or like a week and a half later, yeah. whatever. Sorry, you're saying that you I would have picked would, it up, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I think when you can, you totally should. Like when you have the time and you see that it's cheap, you should totally pick it up because I think it's a game that you would really like. You would totally like it, and and Ricky it's, Ricky went out and bought it, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I picked it up for him. Yeah, actually. because I know Ricky would like it for like for oh, a yeah, fact. He does. It's a lot simpler than XCOM. You don't get there's three percentages. It's only if the enemy's in full cover, it's zero percent hit. And you're like definitely hitting their cover, which damages most of the time. Sometimes there's indestructible cover. You get zero percent, fifty percent, or a hundred percent. There's no ninety nine. Like I have a shotgun to your uh, head, but I yeah, still miss somehow. Right. The the flip side of that is it's awesome when you land a shot in XCOM when you only have three percent oh, chance. No, and it a- saves absolutely. your ass. <laughs> yes, when you're like this entire right. run is not the, uh, like I'm and, well, trying to salvage it, this, and then you have a three percent chance to hit the thing that you need to kill, uh-huh. and you do it. That's awesome, it, but, but it's it, great to not have. It the equally sucks in this when you have like fifty percent coverage and you still like you get obliterated, yeah. and you're yeah. really hoping that fifty percent coverage will kick in somehow. But I mean. It is what it is. So, you guys didn't try multiplayer at all? Uh, you did, didn't you, with Dad? Didn't you play something? I thought you did. You I seem you to have it. no idea. Play what? Multiplayer. So, in this, there's there's a co-op mode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I have not played. I thought you played it with Dad. No. Or, no, maybe you were making a, you were making a joke. I'm sorry. That was... It was a... <laughs> It was a plumber joke, and I thought you were actually oh, talking yeah. about because yeah. no, my sewer was backed up in the basement. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. That was. Totally I thought weird. you actually <laughs> because in the chat that we had going, no, like, I no, thought no, that's no. what you meant. But now, now I'm thinking about it, and I'm just like, wow, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Dad and I did not play Mario and Rabbit. <laughs> I thought you guys did, <laughs> and then I, then I realized, like, why isn't he on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no, we were snaking the sewer drain in yeah, the basement. You're yeah. super but real plumber, life, super plumber, something super or other. Plumber, yeah. It but was like when I played fix Mario my computer. plumber. Although they did just announce this week that Mario's not actually a plumber anymore. Yeah, but yeah, he's uh, quit the profession. Oh, really? Uh, he's retired. I have not played any of the the multiplayer, but it, it's a it's a it's a couch co op mode. I don't think okay. you can play it online. I would really love to play through it because it's apparently completely new maps. Like it's not hmm. recycled stuff. Yeah. So we should probably sit down and do a stream of it someday, which Megan, we're never going to do. It was anymore, funny because I I had just started playing the base the story game, and Megan came home and was like, "Can I play Mario?" Like she just thought it was straight Mario, yeah. and I'm like, "I don't think there's a multiplayer." But then I found the multiplayer, and I was like, "There's a multiplayer. You can play." And she's like, "Oh, really? Cool." And then she was like. I'm going to go eat dinner instead. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant to try it out with Nicole because I wanted to see, like, if they do any kind of, here's, like, this is how this is supposed to work yeah. with two players. But apparently they just split your team. You get two teams of two instead of one team hmm. of three, I think is how it goes. So yeah, it'll be interesting to try out. There's also a season pass for the game. It's 20 bucks. You're supposed to get, like, weapons and new new maps and stuff like gotcha. that. So I'll probably check it out. Uh, you know, if I if I manage to complete the game, I'll pick up that right that pack for sure. But it's sweet. There's all kinds of different weapons that you can pick from. I you know we don't have to talk about it too much more. But it's a really really awesome game, and I think anybody with a Switch should 
absolutely buy it. Definitely. Uh, Pat's asking, can you play as Mario and Rabbids? You have a team of three. There are eight total characters. You start with three of them unlocked, and you unlock more of them as you go. But you get... Uh, there's Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad. No, Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Yoshi. And then there's Rabid Mario, Rabid Peach, Rabid Luigi, Rabid Yoshi. So, <laughs> and they all kind of have different quirks and things. The one of the humor humorous parts that I really enjoy um, was playing Donkey Kong, like doing the Donkey Kong battle. Yeah, the Rabid Kong. Yep. And uh, I had. Rabbit Peach at the time, and as uh, Rabbit Kong's falling from the tower after you beat him, this isn't a spoiler by any means for yeah. story purposes. She starts. She pulls out her cell phone and starts taking selfies of him falling behind yeah. her because <laughs> she's constantly taking selfies, and it's hilarious. Yeah, like, super stupid but really funny. Yeah, it's it, Pat's asking. It is not Mario versus the Rabbids necessarily, but I mean, all of the opponent opponents are Rabbids of some kind. Yeah. But your team is also comprised of some rabbits. Essentially, like base quick story run, like they just the rabbits found some device to travel through time that's made it like well, made that, out of a, like a dryer. That was supposedly <laughs> from a different game, but from a different rabbits game, right? But so, they they visit a dimension, right, where somebody has invented a helmet that allows you fuses. to fuse two things together. Uh, and one of the rabbits grabs it right. and then ends up in the Mario world because cool. of things. But yeah. it's cool. It's fun. It's great. Highly recommended. Zach asks if the princess is in another castle. She uh, is. Yeah. she She's in her castle. Yeah. Yeah. She's not. She's actually there. Bowser Bowser isn't in the game so far, at least. As far yeah, as not I know, yet. So. We have Bowser Jr. Yeah, Bowser Jr. is flying around in his little with cup it, thing. With the rabbit that has fused itself with the goggles that confuse that other objects. That thing is stupidly adorable. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's one moment of peril where it's, like, worried about Mario and Bowser Jr. coming at it, and I was like, this thing is so adorable that I'm, like, worried about what's going to happen. Right, right I know. Now. Why is it hanging out with <laughs> Bowser Jr.? It should <laughs> yeah. be with Mario. Yes. But anyway, it's great. We should probably talk about Destiny because yeah, we're going to talk that's about why, it for seven That's why hours. we have two people watching us. Yes. They want to hear us talk about Destiny. Yes, so Destiny do. 2. Alex, I think you should start. Destiny 2. It's a, it's a first-person shooter where you shoot people <laughs> with guns. Uh, first-person loot, loot shooter. Uh, you've heard us talk about Destiny in the past uh, on all previous 68 episodes plus bonuses. <laughs> Um, this game is really good. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> that was a long sigh. <laughs> it feels like what Destiny One should have been, uh, and it doesn't feel like much more than that to me. There is that's a fair assessment. It's a very like minutely evolutionary version of the game. There's nothing revolutionary here. There's a lot of great quality of life improvements they have certainly reduced the time to fun in a lot of different ways like you can open up the director from where you are on a planet there's several points to fast travel to on any one planet um and that's all fantastic but just now today i'm hitting the point where you are on the loot grind and it's gonna be just as bad as it was in the first game i don't think so it it is it is. I'm moving up t- 
two or three PowerPoints. Not even, no, excuse me. I'm not sure what happened for you guys, because I never hit that point until I got in the 260s. This is when we started playing with you, because we didn't, I mean, we didn't play together at all until today. Well, I think it might, <laughs> it would probably help you guys to keep doing those other quests, like post-mission Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to do that. Or post-story. That's sorry. the thing, is that I feel like we haven't had enough time, I haven't had enough time to fully articulate like I'm, I'm just now getting to the point where it's like i finished the story i'm gonna start grinding so that i can eventually be able to do the raid um like i still need time to figure some of these things out but as of right now like i will f- praise this game for the story this there's actually story this time and it's things happen in front of you there's characters that you get to know and interact with in the game yes. world uh, you get quests from actual people who are talking to you about them. Uh, I, I think it's. I think they did a great job finally integrating the story and actually bringing that forth. Um, but beyond that, like it's kind of like congratulations for getting to what a my expectations of what your game was three years ago. <laughs> It's very good. It's great. It's just kind of like, I think I'm at a diminishing returns kind of point. Because I'm like, I'm going to hit this loot grind here. And I've already done this for how many hundred hours in the first game. I'm not going to do it for that many hundred hours this time around, too. Like, I, I am... There's nothing in this that is hooking me good enough to say, I'm going to spend just as much time as I did in Destiny 1 in this game. I think I think it is it is it's kind of like it's the idea that like I played hundreds of hours of Destiny, now here's more Destiny and I'm going to get through the story content and the new experiences and enjoy that and that's it. I'm not going to sit here and play these strikes 500,000 times. But it's good. It's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, All right, I we're mean, done. <laughs> as as uh, as somebody, I mean, you you didn't get hooked. I don't feel like you were ever hooked into it like Brian and I were. So for a brief no, period of time, I you was. Were. I was when I was single and didn't have to worry about somebody else wanting to spend time with me at all. Because <laughs> Nick would make fun of me and say that my girlfriend was destiny because I was coming home <laughs> and doing my dailies and doing the weeklies. Like I certainly was right there with you guys for a while. It yeah. took me late. I got there later than you guys did. And clearly, I wasn't hooked enough to play the Taken King when it came out immediately. But well, you were you were still kind of like salty about them Gallahorn. nerfing yeah. the good weapons, yeah. Taking which, by the way, I weapons. haven't found weapons that I love yet. I haven't found I'm any I love. I found weapons that I like. So, but it like it. I haven't found my hung jury yet. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, yeah, but it's you. I feel like. Well, I'm happy that you're enjoying it. Like that's I'm having a good time. Because and I think if you have not played any Destiny and you're at least intrigued by it, this is a great place to start. This yes. is you can totally start here and skip the first one to be Absolutely. Honest. The the story has little to nothing to do with the original Destiny, I swear. And yeah. they they even kinda go through all of that at the beginning. well, I wouldn't really know from like a 
first-time player's perspective. I only know from like being a returning player because we yeah. get a whole different carryover yeah. sequence in the intro. I mean, but you you also you get more out of it. I would say playing the original Destiny because yeah. you understand any of the lore references right, right. and stuff that there are. But you could easily play it without playing the original. They they have like and and probably to a detriment. Like I think it's sad that there's not a grimoire to go to for this game. But there is lore associated with items and things like that. It's sad that there's, but there's no point for the grimoire really because of how much eh. story is actually integrated into the game. And in yeah, terms but some of like, people want even more. Like, but, there, but like it's those there. people so out like, there that when play you're, Skyrim when, and they read every single I know, book. But in so the game. when you're, Hi, Gojo. <laughs> for instance, like when you are in your character menu and you hover over the subclasses or whatever, yeah, the, it, you can hold text. down L two and like read a nice huge. They, paragraph they should have of, that for more. No, I, and I agree. And, but yeah, that's that's, a, that's and only, every, it's, I feel like every time you find something in the world and you examine it, it should track it somehow. Because I keep examining the same shit over and over again on accident. Because I don't remember which ones I've looked. at. I don't even bother examining right. things because I don't care. Well, like and that. if there's anything I've learned from listening to like the Destiny Ghost Stories podcast, it's that. A lot of the bits of lore really come from like the flavor text of the weapons and armor, and we're, yeah, yeah. we're not nobody like us. We're not paying attention to that, just playing through it. But these I'm guys, I'm not going to sit there and collect every piece of armor no, to I know. be able to piece together but a luckily, five sentence story. You know, luckily but, we have people who are willing to do that and compile it in a manner that makes it like edible. You know, and that's that's cool, which I like, appreciate. And again, it it should be part of the game. We should experience it within this within the game, but that's neither here nor there. The the reality is there is story now. It's yes. a good story. It's intriguing enough. It has a lot of uh tie-ins to the previous game for everybody who's returning. Um but it's nothing that would prevent a new player from enjoying. Right. It's not detrimental which for is great. a new player to which play is D1. great. So, you know, I, I think I, I will commend them for that as well. Yeah, I, I will say, like, I enjoyed the story, but I feel like it could have benefited from a few twists here and there, because it's very just straightforward, like, sci-fi summer movie blockbuster type stuff. Yeah, but I think some of those twists that you're looking for are going to come in the exploration aspect of the rest of the game. Sure. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've barely scratched the surface as far as that goes. Cause every single adventure has some sort of narrative to it. And I've done very few of them compared to what's out there in the world. Yeah. The adventures are to put those in context for people that are not actually playing destiny. They're like basically kind of short one-off missions. Like, yeah, they're, they're not, tell they're a, not a short narrative. They're not main story missions, yeah. but they are like a, a quest essentially yeah. that you can go and, and do on the planet. And I, I think a lot of that is great and, and, and it works well. And, but I, I also like, I kind of don't feel as though there is that great of a way for me to like dig in with this game and figure out like the lore so I don't know if the grim is the grimoire still accessible on like Bungie.net and stuff like that for D one yeah yeah but then so. you'd have to go back and play through D one to unlock right. the cards and stuff well, so well no there are websites dedicated to it though. supposedly yeah, I think it, it's the collector's edition that came with like the backpack and the steel book and everything had a massive cabal lore book that that's it came cool. with Ooh. and somebody scanned all the pages and put it online as a PDF so 
Like they're, and that's the thing. Like you have these amazing story writers who like came in and wrote like incredible lore for this game. And it's honestly, it's almost too much to put in the whole game. Like, yeah. It would be overwhelming for anybody who just wants to play a game. Like you can come in and play this game casually if you want to, but if you want to get sucked in, you can. And it's the kind of game where like when you get sucked into it, there's, there's outlets beyond the game that will help you stay engrossed in it as you move forward. So, Zach says he's pretty sure they removed the D1 Grimoire, even though I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, you even, can go to Ishtar Collective for sure. Yeah. They definitely yeah. have everything. In the, and I it's mean, in everything like, that's been on the web is archived on the web somewhere. Yeah, and, and Ishtar's got, like, they have the whole lore set up in, like, a palatable, like, chronological setting. And there's also destinytimeline.com or .org or something like that that's yeah. part of Ishtar Collective, too. But so we're kind of queuing away from it. Yeah, anyway, let's point. go back to the game itself. Uh, the music is incredible. It's yeah. one of the best scores, I which I, after loving the score from D1... And hearing that they got rid of the main composer after D1, I was a little leery of where they would go with this. But seeing how Taken King had amazing music, and so did Rise of Iron, to be honest with you. Rise of Iron had some really awesome music, too. Destiny 2 has amazing music everywhere. Every planet has a unique... Like twist of music going on yeah. uh, when you're in the in oh, I don't want there's no spoilers I don't want to in, yeah, in different should, yeah. sections of maps they have yeah in different, different sections music. of map there's all kinds of different music it's all themed differently uh, I do kind of what's the Sepix mission called in Rise of Iron uh, Sepix perfected yeah Sepix perfected if they had more of the death metal from that in the yeah. game that's the only like I would like to see that addition moving forward because I feel like that music style really fits with the game itself. Mm-hmm. But so does all the super intense industrial style techno that they have on like Nessus and shit like that. There were really, really cool moments of the game. Being somebody who played Destiny 1, I could I, I recognized motifs that they had brought over from mm-hmm. the older music. So I but the problem is I'm not I wasn't hundred percent sure of like where I had heard the older music before. So I'm excited to like watch a video of somebody comparing these or something yeah. like that. But yeah. um Yeah, the the music is fantastic. The sound of course. Bungie's well known for their good sound effects. Yeah. Environmental sounds and positional audio and all that fun stuff. The guns still feel great. Yeah, that's well. That's one of the things I was talking about with with Zach today while we were playing. Is that they they didn't mess with the gunplay at all. Like the gunplay is amazing. Yeah, and they didn't need to. They didn't need to. It's perfect. And that's when when the game first starts out, and uh, we all started with guns that weren't in the beta. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like what is this? It still garbage? felt really good. Like <laughs> yeah. it felt. Good, like yeah. though, I like I don't remember who said it, but one of us said I like these guns better than the ones that were in the that, beta. Yeah, that was that was me. I feel the same way. Like they felt better than the ones that they showed. I know they were just trying to show us new stuff, you know, yeah. which is understandable. It, was it, a beta, it, it would be but, interesting to hear their thoughts on on why they chose what they chose to put in the beta. But right, um, and then somebody like I've had a lot of people asking me over the past few days like you know what do you what do you think about it like how do you feel about Destiny like even Megan was like kind of like wanted to pick my brain about how this one's better than D1 you know and uh it makes you feel important yeah <laughs> this game did yeah. a fantastic job of making you feel like the decisions you made and the fighting you're doing and even the, though you don't talk the creatures you're, you're still killing a person make you feel like you're a big deal and that what the decision like everything you're doing matters that idea of like 
they take away your light and you're trying to get it back and you're fighting for it. Like that struggle, like you, you feel it like, and that was, that's just good storytelling. And like, I mean, the voice acting is like, is so good. (laughs) Even, even Gary Gall as as Bane as he wants to be. It's great voice acting. Yeah. Uh, Gary Gall's little companion on, on his ship. I like that guy a Counselor. lot. He's yeah. really good. He's fantastic. I still think he needs more of a speech impediment for his cleft lip, but he, uh, I, I liked all of the new, uh, characters that were in the game yeah. and the voice acting for them, except for the dude that was on IO that I can never remember his name. I just thought he was cheesy as hell. He just sounds oh, like a mad yeah. scientist type. Yeah, like, exactly. I, it can be annoying. He could be better. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't like him very much either. Yeah, well, whatever. I, just, I mean, I guess that's what the part is. So they, that's what they wanted. Yeah, it did a good job, I guess, but uh, it's not my favorite. Yeah, I don't know how like into the meadow we're going to get with this because we're not those I mean, types of players. I guess we should. Well, we talked about the music and the sound. We should probably talk about how much of a visual spectacle it is. Real oh, it's quick. beautiful. Like it's very just, pretty. it's not just that it's graphically a great game. I mean, it's a triple A title with millions of dollars behind it. It's, it should look and, good. Yeah, and like See, Destiny but, One looks good. But this game, like just the way they design the levels and just the artwork of it, it's just amazing. I don't remember like, some of the set pieces look so awesome. I don't remember feeling impressed with Destiny One at all. No, but Destiny, not in this way. Destiny was, One felt originally like when you first start the game in Destiny One and you're getting resurrected from like the ghost or the the ghost resurrects you from like that car trunk or wherever the hell you yeah. are out. It, you look around at first, and it's it's like, whoa, this is like a huge Or like the scope. first time you set foot on the moon. I just yeah, remember setting the, foot on the moon and being like, wow, I'm on the moon. Like, yeah. This is cool. I mean, I, I, I did get... But, there, I mean, there are moments, and I won't, I won't spoil anything, there's moments in the... There were strikes that we were playing today, and there were moments in the final missions that oh, I played yeah, yesterday. just amazing. Where I was like, like, it literally took my breath away, how gorgeous and interesting and intricate and cool it all looked and i wish i could just tell people what it was yeah but it's it was all awesome yeah like it was really cool that's and that's something this game does really good is it creates this sense of scale like it has an amazing sense of scale there's always so much going on around you now like it feels like a more lived in like a live environment and that's that was the thing. Bungie's always been good at skyboxes all the way back to, <laughs> to Halo. Like yeah. they can make scope, they can make the far distance look great. But the fact that now it feels like there are moving pieces to the stuff that you're, it's not just sterile and like oh, like I remember seeing the seams of like oh those are where the enemies come out of and right now there's nobody around here but in a couple minutes the people are going to come out and patrol. Nowadays when I'm in like down on the planet. I feel like I'm in a war zone because there's yeah. always enemies around they and do, they're always shooting at each yeah. other and it's great. Well, even the, just those little caves where enemies come out of still exist. Yeah, they still exist. They're I've a little seen better them, hidden. <laughs> but I'm not like, yeah, they hide them better and I'm not anticipating for when all of the people are going to start pouring out of them. I just feel mm-hmm. like there are always people. Like it was disarming for me because I, I landed in the EDZ and I was like, I don't. I was like, I can stop, I can sit here and shoot at all these people and try to take them all out, but they're always going to come back. Like, it felt, it was weird to me. I felt more on the defense than I ever did in Destiny yeah. 1, which is awesome. It was That was a cool feeling. There's but, like a constant battle always going on outside of that starting area. Yeah. There. 
Yeah, which and it's great. Uh, but that's the thing is that that not only was that graphically, not only graphically and and like tonally does it feel like there's people and things going on in this world, but also it had like a gameplay influence on me, which is not something that I would necessarily say about other games, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and, and even even just going to like the social space and being there with like how it's you can have up to sixteen or what? How many people in the social I think space? Twenty now? something, twenty something, like twenty four maybe. Having that many other guardians like in the same social space like makes the world feel mm-hmm. more. Lived There's in a lot more NPCs and, too. Yeah, it's just like this the whole scope of the game in general. And, like just walking through the areas. And like how massive everything feels. Like you're like Destiny One had this thing where like it felt big, but it also somehow felt very confined. Like because it, all the levels were very linear and like circular in a way. Mm-hmm. Like they were all ring shaped. I don't know if anybody well, really noticed. Yeah, well, except that, for Mars, but, it's a figure eight. And but, and you yeah, also but you get what I'm saying. You like, also run into the boundaries a lot more than I ever did in this. In this particular, well, yeah, where like, you think there's a boundary in D two, it yeah. actually extends far beyond that. So you feel as though there's. They more started room to, to do that though, like with the Taken King. Yeah, there were a lot of things like in in the older Destiny levels. You, if you thought you could go there, there's no way you could go there. But in in the Dreadnought in in the Taken King, you oh could yeah, there's go there. there's hidden paths yeah. and things like everywhere and- was. Accessible, accessible in some strange way, mm-hmm. and I just think they they brought a lot of that over this definitely. Time. I mean, Luke Smith, he was the game director for Taken King, and he was game director yeah. for this, and he did a fantastic job. I, I mean, give that dude a raise. I will say, yeah, it definitely helps. Like his direction helps because he is a World of Warcraft player, yeah. so he understands the MMO element, right? So, yeah. Well, and he he was he was in the. He was a writer for one. He had been in the games journalism field for years before he ever went to Bungie, too. Because yeah, I used to listen to him on, like, One Up Yours and Weekend Conference. Sure, he those. understands criticism then, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean, so let's talk about the microtransactions for a second. Because he, he jumped on that big time. Well, I mean... Everybody found out that you, shaders are consumables, and you get them from bright engrams, which you can get through microtransactions or through regular gameplay. And we even were all pretty bent out of shape about this at first. But once we actually got to the point where we were getting the bright engrams, I don't know about you guys, but I don't give a shit anymore. I I never thought... Go ahead, I mean, I get the bright engrams often enough, and I get... I have so many shaders, I don't even know what to do with them all. I will admit, like, the coolest ones are obviously more rare. Right. Um... I, I'm a little more upset about like losing the mods, like when I want to swap those out. But yeah, you can I, buy the, those right. If I could buy specific mods, I wouldn't care as much. But I got to keep buying random ones until I get the ones I want. Yeah, and I don't. Overall, though, it has not affected my level of fun whatsoever no. so far. I, I there's there's two points to this that I don't like. Number one is the idea that you can pay money and end up with mods that do affect your characters lethality like you can they they can affect the way that you are able to use your abilities or how many hits it takes to kill you they do affect those things whether or not it's big or small i don't really care i think that's a bad precedent to set to to set the other thing is that with the shaders it sucks that 
they set a precedent for here's your shader you now own it for the rest of time in destiny one i agree and now they get consumed and you can't like switch back and forth real quick you're out of the frame for the camera just oh, so you know that's fine here i am <sighs> i know i now know you're lost i know zach and and pat missed my beautiful face but um <laughs> Yeah, so like that. Th- those are those are my two issues with with the microtransactions. Is that they they've kind of made this weird scarcity. They've invented a way for themselves to make money, which I don't fault them from a business perspective. But when you had a better system for it in the first game, and you're rolling it back to make more money, yeah, in the second game, I think that sucks. And th- here's the thing. Neither things, neither of these things affect me very much. Number one, I'm not going to play much PvP. So people being able to buy mods, apparently they're not very good mods. That's fine. That's usually just the rare mods. Yeah, well, like Zach just jumped in the chat and said you can't get any legendary mods through Bright Engrams yeah. anyway. So. Yeah, oh, okay. and that's that's fine. It's still it, you get it's, them from combining the rare ones. This is the which this you is can the, buy a lot of right. for Glimmer. This is the precedent. Like the, this is the. Uh, the slippery slope that they're potentially starting to ride down. Like, I, I don't... It's not going to affect me in any way. Because I don't care about PvP. But I think it has room to be very terrible if people don't voice their unhappiness with it. Right, I don't disagree. And I think there has been enough of a backlash that they obviously took note of it. And Luke Smith had to say something. Which, everyone knows, like, in this sort of instance, you probably just want to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. But he felt the need to say something about it because he probably feels pretty strongly about it, I would say, at this point. Um, but I, it's one of those things where, like, at least in Crucible so play... So, let, let, me, let me read his comments. Okay, yeah, go ahead. He, he was on Twitter. He put out four tweets. He said, Shaders are earned through gameplay, leveling, chests, engrams, and vendors. We expect you'll be flush with shaders as you continue to play. When you reach level 20, shaders will drop more often. Vendor rewards, destination play, and endgame activities. Shaders are now an ongoing reward for playing. Customization will inspire gameplay. Each planet has unique armor and shader rewards. With Destiny 2, we want statements like, I want to run the raid, trials, or go back to Titan to get more of its shader to be possible. (laughs) It doesn't sound like much fun. I don't want you no, focusing. No, I don't. I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to do the like these end game things to get shaders. shaders. Like I want to do these end game things to get sweet gear. Yes, like, and yes. and I understand that completely. But um, I guess they think part of having sweet gear is having. But sweet it's not looking gear. It's not like doing doing these end game activities aren't going to get you sweet gear. You're just getting shaders on top of them. See, but part that, and that's the thing, like, obviously this is total inside baseball and I don't know how it works, but if the idea is that I am getting shaders in lieu of other things I actually care about, that sucks. They're an addition to, yeah, that's, that's what it appears. How do we know that? Well, I mean, look at the bright engrams even the, as an example. Engrams, like you, you don't always do you, you don't always get a shader from a bright I'm engram, right? Sure. I think you always yeah. do. And the, the other engrams work that way too. You get yeah, a you shader get, and you get these other items. Yeah, so I got I got a legendary engram today from I think Zavala for the strike stuff that we were doing. And when I turned it in, I got some Vanguard 
shaders, but I also got two weapons. Yeah. Yeah. So but, it's seen because before when you would when you do something like say in D one for example, you would do something like that for Zavala. You get one item. You get one item, and that's and it's it. And the it, same one you got four weeks in a row. Right. <laughs> so at least this time around, like I'm getting two items because they're they're giving me either a kinetic and an energy weapon, or a power weapon and an energy weapon. They're giving me some combination of two weapons or armor for that matter, and a shader. That's awesome. I just remember doing Crota's End, and one time I managed to get the ship and a shader and an emblem. I don't want that stuff taking up space on the loot table when I really want guns. That's not how it works in this case. I hope not. I don't think we've seen any confirmation of that. It's just another resource is how it's treated, more or less. And that's cool, but... I yeah, and I mean I don't like the idea of having to reapply that stuff every time I want to switch my gear around or whatever. So I've been really stingy about using them up, but then the downside is I have a ton of them now. Yeah. Yeah, but I imagine like once you get full armor sets anyways, like of corresponding pieces, you know, like a whole raid gear set or not even raid gear, but just like a vanguard set of armor. It probably looks so cool to begin with. You don't even want to put a shader on it at all. My my yeah. guess is what uh, what I will probably end up doing here now that I'm putting the pieces together is I will probably just junk all of my shaders for bright dust and then use those to buy the, yeah buy the ones you want. Nope, I'm gonna buy the legendary uh, gauntlets that she sells for bright dust and then chew those apart for legendary legendary shards because that is that actually has gameplay. Implications. If, if yeah. you can scrap those for sure. You can. Oh. I would assume so. It's a piece of armor, you know? Yeah, but I mean, in D1, you could not scrap the uh, the ones from Tess for stuff like that. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe that's the case, because then if you could just buy them, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This is a boring we'll to, conversation. We'll have to test that. <laughs> this, yeah, this is a very boring conversation. But. Yeah, overall, I mean, I we're all happy with the game. You know, like, have, like you said, yeah. like I, I can't really get into the meta of it because we don't play the game like that. Like we're not picking apart like the rate of fire of certain. And I don't think that's that. fun to talk. Like if you, if you really love that stuff, that's cool. And I think there are shows out there that do that. I think Corey's very good at like being able to bring us into that world for a conversation like that yeah, when it's something sure. that really needs to be discussed. But I also don't think. Like I think it can get very esoteric very quickly. So I hope I hope at least this conversation, I think we've hit the points of like this is good if you haven't played Destiny before. It's good if you have played Destiny before. We have disappointments, but there's a lot of stuff that we really like. We do need to talk about Crucible. Yeah, I was going to jump in about Crucible real quick. I, I, sadly, I haven't been able to to play much. I wanted to play more. You're not a Crucible player to begin with. Yeah, it's not my focus. I absolutely... I have a number of concerns with Crucible so far. I mean, it's... When I played the beta, I adjusted pretty quickly, and it was fine. But, like, there were a lot of people playing then, and not too many people necessarily playing as fire teams already well and they were trying it out they weren't necessarily like yeah. people who loved crucible it yeah. was like this is the thing to do in the beta in the beta it's like you weren't jumping from two hours of uh patrolling around as a group of three and then jumping into crucible for a minute yeah because you couldn't do that in the beta and now that it's not in the beta and it's out i feel like the the grouping is a problem it's a huge problem for the way the matchmaking works because You'll end up doing, like I said, I mean, you'll be doing activities, PvE activities as a group of three, because that's the max. But teams in Crucible are 4v4. 
So you try to jump in with your group of three and you end up with one random person. But it takes forever just to find the right amount of people out there that want to play Crucible 2. Like, you need to find one random person to put on a team. And uh, I think that's what's slowing it down so much, matchmaking-wise. Yeah. It's terribly slow sometimes. And D1 was definitely not as much like that. Um, So that's one issue. And then the other issue is when you do finally get one random person and nobody's talking to them or whatever, they tend to drop. Like, that happens a lot. And it doesn't fill their spot in quick enough or at all. It's funny. And that puts you at a huge disadvantage. Like, when you're playing 6v5 or something, like... If somebody dropped back in old Destiny, that, that was fine. But when you're playing four versus three, that's like 25% of your team's gone. This and that is- makes a huge difference because of the way they changed the gameplay around to encourage people to stick together as a team because there's like a lot. I mean, everybody's more like time to kill is a lot longer now. Yeah. So you, you're encouraged to play more as a team to shoot the same targets, and it's just, yeah. I, I just don't know how that's all going to work out. It, I, the, the, I, it's funny, because I feel like the comments that you're making are very similar to what we were talking about with Splatoon as well. And, like, because you have yeah. four, it's 4v4. Like, that's such a small amount of people that it, it's It difficult. is a problem. I'm almost thinking that they should do what Splatoon did that we were actually complaining a bit about with Splatoon, is that I'm thinking maybe they're going to have to switch the quick play up to where it just puts people on whatever team. Yeah, that would be interesting. Like you can't group get, up, and then you can't have party right. chat or something. I think. I think one of the things that you guys should probably do is maybe, and this is something that I have come more uh, aware of doing since Friday the Thirteenth, is switching into like prioritizing game chat when you are going to hop into Crucible. Because that way, at least, if the person does hop in, hopefully yeah. they have a mic. But if not, you can at least try to talk to them. Yeah, and- I mean, maybe that's what they're trying to do, too. Is yeah. They seem to be trying to foster the community aspect more. So, I mean, I guess that's worth, worth a try. Be like, hey, dude, I mean, I'd be we don't want you to bail on us. I would be interested <laughs> yeah. to try the game chat anyways just to see how it differs in yeah. terms of quality from D1. Because I mean, D1's quality was not very it was good. Not, it sounded a lot worse than the party chat, though, Yeah. But. Yeah. The the other issue with the way the fire teams are set up is like, I mean, they could have fixed this problem easily if they wanted to go 4v4 in Crucible. They should have just made every event for people. Yeah. Four-person fire teams. And I know they said back in Destiny 1, they're like, we decided, we saw, we figured out that three was the magic number for playing PvE shit. And that's why it's been like that. Like if you had more or less, it wasn't as fun. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that personally because I've played a lot of four-player co-op games and they're just fine. Yeah, Borderlands, like nobody complained about Borderlands. No, you know, so there, there's a way to like ramp up the difficulty or whatever in order to make it playable for four people. Yeah, but I mean, uh, PUBG's fun until like I decided we should cross a giant field or something. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that, like four-player squads is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a little different. Like PVE, I think is what I'm more concerned about. But yeah. obviously PVP, they're willing to do the. I mean, it's a but. it's a big issue now too because it's like if you're playing with a group of four in Crucible for two hours, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, let's go run some strikes for a minute. Oh, <laughs> Fuck sorry, you, Bobby. guy. <laughs> you, yeah, you're on your own. Yeah, it, it, that wasn't a problem when they had six v six because you could just if you had six people rolling, you could just split, split into, into two three. fire yeah. teams. 
I, I just this just seems like a no brainer kind of thing. Like I I don't understand. Yeah, it's, I don't. I don't. It it feel like uh, yeah. I it's going to. It's already causing major problems with the matchmaking. It's a weird change, and I will, I will be very curious to see how the Crucible evolves. Yeah, it's time. already become a problem too. Like everyone now, you're basically stuck with one style. I feel like too the way it is yeah. right now. I mean, as you said, like Crucible play, it evolves. Like there's always yeah. an evolving meta, but right now it's like everybody wants to stay kind of far away. Yeah. Kind of around a corner, waiting for the other team to make a move so they can like team shot everybody to death, and that's not fun to me. I don't like playing multiplayer games like that. Zach, I like to be able to be somewhat self sufficient, regardless of whether it's a team game or not. Zach says Crucible meta is for sure going to be slower in general. The best offense is a good defense. Now it's the polar opposite of Destiny One Crucible. Three things attribute to that: time to kill, team size, and map sizes. So, but I mean, I find it an issue too because the game play is a bit slower, like your movement and everything just seems a yeah. bit slower to the point where I, if I get shot and I know like two people are following me and it spawned me like halfway across the map from the team, I am dead. Mm-hmm. Like I can't get away and get back to the team Yeah, just because of where I spawned. It's like, okay, that's not really fair. And it should allow like drop in spawning like battlefield does where you can drop in with your team. That, that would be interesting, but I don't think that will be, that's, or you, that's or a you programming can, you issue. You can pick I'm a sure. member to spawn next to. Splatoon's got it. <laughs> that's true. Good point. And it, it solves that problem. It does. It does. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. They have things to learn from Splatoon. If they're gonna... <laughs> Not too many games do 4v4. And the yeah. only other games that do do 4v4 that I can think of are really tactical games. Yeah. And like, you could, that's fine to play tactical, but the game structure, the combat in this game is not designed for that. Like you have fucking super abilities and shit. Like it, it and it doesn't. I don't right. know. It shouldn't be the, that. The, tactical. It's designed for you to be engaging in combat almost well, constantly. And yes, there is no room for tactics in that particular. I felt like the balance of the Crucible and Destiny 1 was great because you could go in and do Clash if you just wanted to fuck around and yeah. kill everybody. Or you could go and do, uh, God, what was it called? Eliminations. Yeah, you could do Elimination because that was a 3v3 mode, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so like I feel like they then had... Rumble. A- Rumble was perfect if you were playing by yourself because you couldn't be on a team to play Rumble. Yeah. And they don't even have it anymore. Yeah, so like I, I don't know why they've i they, think it feels like they have i'm very curious to see what trials of the nine is like because it feels like they've oriented all of the crucible towards that style of yeah, play i mean where having that variability in the first game made me kind of care about it sometimes like i could have fun depending on my mood if i wanted to go and grind out and get my fucking satyrian rapier that i never yeah. used these changes to me they fit the gameplay modes in the competitive playlist perfectly 4v4 fine but in the quick playlist 4v4 i hate it it just doesn't fit and i don't think they should have gone that route that's a bummer but maybe they'll maybe they're listening maybe people have these problems and and they're talking about it but i'm not you know like number one streamer destiny streamer guy guy. lg pro 2016 Yeah. I mean, I can play pretty good, but I have days where I play like shit. So, yeah, I haven't been paying I mean, my attention. My opinion probably doesn't count. 
I haven't been paying attention to like the Reddit to see if people are that dissatisfied with it or not. It's but. been kind of hard to pay attention to because it's it, there's been a lot of salt in it regarding the microtransactions thing for the past week. So yeah. it's just Which like is, as, as soon as that went down, everybody was just like, "Oh, don't give Bungie any more money," and it's like you got you fucking assholes just gave them like sixty million dollars. <laughs> Shut your mouth! Yeah. It's like. You, yeah. You're gonna play the damn game, like you're gonna play it. Like there's, it has uh, a 1.2 million concurrent, concurrent players. players yeah. Give me a break. They have, they have your money, guys. Like yeah, they don't, been, they don't give, been they paid. don't give a fuck about what you have to say. Really, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. You, vote, you voted with your dollars. You're not gonna no man sky your way out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> Zach says they want it to be super competitive. Competitive isn't always fun, though. There's a reason you separate the two in Ultimate. That's my did. point, yeah. yeah. Like, competitive... This works for competitive, but they're trying to make... Like, it, it also, the changes make the quick play feel more like well, competitive. I'm hoping doing these in the playlist as they have as they have quick play and then competitive playlist, I'm hoping eventually they'll separate them out so you can choose just to play one game type. Instead of just doing, like, you can go under the competitive playlist and play competitive playlist ones, or you can only play rounds of Supremacy, or yeah. you can only play rounds of what's the new one? Uh, Countdown. Yeah. Like, you or, know, like that, and that would be cool because sometimes you don't, like, I mean, we were playing, we played Clash today, and we did great in Clash, but then it switched over to Control, and we did awful in Control. And, like, I don't know if it's just because we weren't in the mindset of playing control anymore. We were still stuck in playing Clash. But regardless, like... That is a bit of an issue. Having it flip-flop like that and it not be my choice, yeah. like, I'm not really that, into that. I, that, that sounds... I would like more than two playlists, and there's definitely room for it. There's yeah. millions of people playing this game. For there's sure. There's no reason why they can't have 1. more 1. Than 2 two million, to be exact. They could also do one playlist where it's... Liter- I mean, just... You can't be in a fire team. Yeah. Singles only. Like... And that, I... Like, we still need help. to... I'm assuming mods do affect your crucible play, right? There's no. I like, have no idea, but I would I imagine. Haven't looked into it, but I presume so. Uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see how the trials thing goes, though. Like yeah. I've done, I've done much better in the competitive list and had much more fun than I have in the quick, quick play. Yeah. But it shouldn't be that way. Like somebody who actually did play like trials and shit. Like I should be able to casually have fun and tear the quick it up play, in quick play. And instead, I'm and getting then, my ass whooped. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this week, uh, the raid's out on Wednesday. Yep. Yes. September 13th. Uh, the first visit from Zur and the first trials are this Friday, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so they are rolling stuff out gradually over the next four weeks. They had there, I think there's cool an article on Polygon thing. where they actually mapped all that out. Yeah, they, well, there's they, a map, a roadmap, like right on Bungie. Yeah. Oh, nice. I don't um, even know what to say. Is it in the D2 app? I don't they know. They posted it on like the weekly update, I believe. It is. Um, yeah, it's nice to see exactly what's coming for the next month. Yeah, so so they're telling people what the nightfall is going to be like a couple weeks ahead of time, which is kind of yeah. fun. So you can go and like learn the... I forgot. I mean, like I did play the nightfall and you guys did not. And yeah. that... It's a, it's a new experience. It's yeah. not like it used to be. And it's a lot more fun and it's a lot quicker. Yeah, I mean, very I, quick pace. I imagine, hopefully, our listeners. But it is challenging. Hopefully, our listeners don't mind. But I like. I feel like there's so much more of this game to experience that I think after I get back from Japan, we're going to be talking about it. Oh a lot yeah, anyway. Like, so I've 
I mean, I've really glossed over all those adventures and stuff. Yeah. They're well under my level, but I still want to play them. I still don't know what the hell a Flashpoint is, so that I need to is, learn. All that, it, that is is it picks one of the uh, four locations for the week, and you get like extra rewards, I believe, Okay, for doing, for doing public um, events and patrols or whatever. Okay. Uh, Maybe it has its own challenges. I don't know. They're doing a faction rally, which kind of seems... It almost seems like a Splatfest kind of thing, maybe, that they're going to do, where, like, you actually compete between the three different factions Yeah. in Crucible or something. Like, I don't know. We'll see. But that's coming uh, at the end of the month. But, um... Yeah, those are not implemented in the game yet, but I'm interested in seeing them. The other thing that I wanted to say, the, uh... The clan setup is pretty sweet. Oh, like, yeah. Like, the idea that, like, you can have a clan where you invite all your friends to it and you all contribute experience to level up your clan, and being in that clan can get you, like, little bonuses depending on the level, on top of the fact that whenever people complete activities during the week, it could allow you to get engrams yeah. regardless of whether or not you were able to do the raid or the nightfall or things like that. That's that's really cool to me, and I think it's like it's still a little wonky. It's not loading in too great for me. I can't ever see who's. I can't like actually get. Yeah, on. I can't get it to load in the game. But it I think that's fine for me. But I think part of that does it show you the roster with who's on? Oh, okay, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think part of that <laughs> might deal with the fact that the guided game stuff hasn't begun yet. It's yeah, gonna start they're beta testing. They're rolling. They're rolling it out next week for right. Nightfall. So I think we're going to see more of that happen once guided games beta comes comes to fruition. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. But it like it the the implementation of it is wonky in some places, and like inviting people can be kind of weird or whatever. But once you're in the clan, the idea that like me being in a group with you guys means that I can go and <laughs> reap the rewards of the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. Is f- it feels fun to me. But also I like the fact that I'm contributing experience to the clan mm-hmm. even when I'm like I'm still helping you guys out even if I'm not going to be Well, and it was kind of nice like having the clan put together ahead of time and then everybody else hit level 20 before I did. Like yeah. I feel like I was super behind. On you you hit it before me. I didn't hit level 20 till oh, like really? 2 in the morning last night. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, so no, that's cool. But yeah. once I actually hit level 20, it was nice to like have those rewards waiting for There's me. There's a shitload so, of MMs. Yeah, 13 like it was different rewards waiting it, for it me. It felt yeah. really good to like just be like, oh shit! I just like it's like somebody just like like loot bukkake all over my face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> loot, loot cocky. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Not safe for work. Luke Smith, loot cocky. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, it was it was just nice to have that because I sat there struggling to find gear that I felt was decent, and then all of a sudden it just like it rains, was an influx of just gear. rains down from the sky. Yeah, so so that's that's Zach Buff. <laughs> yeah, that was the Zach Buff for sure. <laughs> that the, yeah, the clan the clan rewards <laughs> are the Zach Buff built into the game. Finally, yep. <laughs> yes, yep. Everybody can experience. Yeah, we're like Zach halfway Buff. to level uh, two, two, even though we have like a clan of seven or eight people. If, yeah. if anyone's listening and you want to be a part of our Midwest Game Nerds clan, we are called Age Shacks Location. Age slash Shacks slash Location. If you uh, don't get it, then don't join. Message us or something with your username, and we will add you. We'll send you an invite to join the the clan because, like, we're. I mean. Again, Brian and I play pretty regularly. Destiny, Alex, you're on whenever you get a chance. 
the other there's members, a bunch of other people that the play other members, all the time. The other members of the clan are very avid, uh, yep. frequent they don't players. Sleep, I'm pretty sure. I yeah. don't. Yeah, I don't think they know how to sleep. <laughs> actually, I, Zach was drinking coffee at like five in the afternoon probably because he because <laughs> he hadn't slept because he, like he was hours. he was up with me at four in the morning finishing the story. Yeah, so. so so there there are plenty of people to play with, and we want to engage with our listeners, too. Yeah. And this is... I, I mean, I know I saw that Tommy was on. Uh, I don't know if... I think he's in another clan already, but... Um, I yeah. don't know. I, but it, yeah, if that's... anyone listening wants to play with us, we're happy to play with you. And we have other people who are really fun to play with and really good at this game that can teach you some things. So... Join up with us. Let's let's play along. It's it's definitely a community based game. Yeah, and we I want mean, you to be a part of our community. So don't let my criticisms of the matchmaking and Crucible <laughs> and all that um, make you think I'm not going to be playing the shit out of this game because I still will. And and I think like it. Uh, we I, we have multiple players who all have several characters that are all at different places in terms of level and whatnot. Yeah, so, so if we, you're starting fresh and you want and, some people to come in and and not necessarily like you know twink you through the game, but like actually just kind of progress with you, like we're willing to do that. I have two characters that are still at the very beginning of the game, and I'm I'm willing to just start over if someone wants. It's fine. But don't uh, don't request us to add you if you don't have Galarhorn. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not allowed to play with us. Just kidding. And you, you know, must be outfitted right. in all Suros shaders. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be... The LFG is going to be like, Suros shaders only, please. You can only, only rep Suros shaders. <laughs> oh, uh, Suros minimal, minimalist, please. Uh, we're dead orbit only. If you can't fit the dead orbit shaders, uh, if you don't fit in our group, then we don't want you with if us. You, if you're not dressed in all black, we don't want you. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I did want to mention, because uh, Zach did mention it in the chat, uh, a while back, but um, coming into this game, playing Destiny One, there's a moment where they show you these like watercolory tableaus of the big milestone events in Destiny One. How did we not talk about from this? from the beginning, <laughs> from like the first game all the way through Rise of Iron, like times when you beat the raid or when you finish the yeah. story and things like that, and it also tells you like. Here's the date you did it. This is your fire team you did it with, and that was awesome. Yeah, I loved like, my fire team of me and just Zach meeting yeah. Crota. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I looked. No, I was, it was like, for me, it was you and me. The majority of the milestones that I had were Brian and, and I. Brian. I think our yeah. friendship actually was created through <laughs> Destiny. Like it was. I mean, we were friends before, but it really like it, solidified our, Dest- our uh, friendship became legend. Yeah, that's true. The, my the only raid that I had was the Crota one, and of course, like it was a it was either four or five people. I think it was me, Zach, Joey, and Gojo. Hmm. Was the first time that I had finished Crota's end. So going through and seeing those moments, like it was it. Like I don't, it didn't take much effort from them to put this together, but it was it's a nice awesome. touch. Though. Like it's yeah. a very cool idea, and it totally delivers on the like. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all that I'm not bringing all of my loot and stuff over. I thought we were gonna get some emblems or something though, and you did. They're in I your, think, you're in your collection in the vault. Yeah, yeah. If you go into, if the you go vault, to the vault and you go to the collections tab, it has all of the emblems for all of the things you achieved. The milestones. So, like, there's really? like, if you did the Destiny beta, I think there's like the first something or other. Like, oh, okay. There's there's one for each of those. There's a moment of triumphs one that has like the first moment of triumphs. Okay. Like circles or yeah. whatever. They're yeah, they're in the collection. I mean, I the started vault. on PlayStation later than launch. Yeah, yeah. 
but I think, I, I think it's a, it's account wide though. I thought, or maybe it's platform. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think know. So. But. Yeah, and that I guess that's the other thing with the clans. We are all mostly on PS4. I don't know if like Pat or anybody's joining uh, I'm on trying, Xbox because Jason's talking about picking it up on Xbox, and Nikki already has it on Xbox. I'm trying to convince both of them to join the clan, okay? So that there are people playing on, on Xbox. Xbox. That would be cool. I'm still, I'm up in the air as to whether or not I'll end up buying it on Xbox. I'm not. I will. Buying I, will it on Xbox. I will probably buy it on PC though. Because I, I do have, I have spoken with a couple of people this past weekend. Uh, well, by past weekend, I mean yesterday. That se- that sounded interested in playing it, but they don't have consoles. They want to play on PC. Uh, yeah, so. I do want to play it on PC. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. No, Unless, we'll, if we'll they, see that. If they if they are like, hey, guess what? Cross saves. I would I would pick it up. If they did cross saves, you would only see cross saves between Xbox and PC. You wouldn't see PlayStation. And no, PC. that's not true. You don't think so? I think you would. If they did cross saves, it would be across no, everything. Yeah, PlayStation has nothing against PC. They just don't want to be associated with Microsoft. Yeah, but the 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 idea of them, um, like, I think if they were going to do it, it would have to be for all three. I don't. I don't think they could exclude anybody, and certainly not Sony, because Sony gives them money for yeah strikes and exclusivity. Stuff. So the P the PlayStation exclusive strike is actually pretty cool though. Yeah, that's the only one that we didn't run. I didn't run with you guys earlier today. So we've done... There's six strikes in the game for PlayStation. Uh, there's only one of them that we I didn't enjoy very much so far, which was the one... The, no, the none of one. us really enjoy that one that yeah. much. So there it's does pretty unanimous. seem to be a clear stinker, and it's sad because that means that only four of the strikes on Xbox are good. <laughs> but, and also there's a severe lack of ammo. That yeah. seemed to be a little bit of an issue. It was mostly in the strikes. I didn't have it much running, like doing any other PVE. But in the strikes, I feel like I was running out of a lot of ammo. I mean, that's part of that. Maybe comes from the fact that there's yeah. Tend, I don't know how you tend to have a ton the, of enemies like pouring yeah, in. Yeah. Well, the, but and Brian Brian mentioned he's like I think maybe it's to push you to use your um, energy weapon your energy more. weapon more. Yeah. And I realized. I wasn't really using it much, but mostly because I didn't really feel like I had a good grasp of like, all right, I'm facing these types of enemies, so I should have these kinds of shields. So, I on. mean, yeah. for the most part, that does follow. Like that makes sense. But I'm kind of like, like I was trying to diversify. I was trying to be like, all right, I've got my solar subclass on, so I'm going to get void and arc on my mm-hmm. other weapons. And that wasn't working out very well for me because usually there's one that's left out, but sometimes right. you don't know what it is. Like there were Hive that had void shields and like they switch it up on you, which is cool, but it's hard to like optimize your loadout when you're not exactly sure what's coming at you. So that, may, that maybe... was interesting for the nightfall because that like one of the modifiers, it's basically like a rotating burn. You mm-hmm. had to, so basically, you had to make sure you had all three bases covered, or you would have to make like sure throughout one person, the nightfall, through the whole nightfall, it, yes. it could change. Like, was it, it changed on like a specific? It w- it was random what it would pick next in the cycle, but it was like a certain amount of time, and it would say, "Hey, solar's active." Hey, void's interesting. active. So yeah, That's it, it cool. was interesting. That's a cool mechanic. And there's like a ten minute. Uh, countdown timer but you get a certain amount of time for kills of certain enemies added to the clock and you have to beat it before the clock runs out or you just 
have to start. Did uh, the Nightfalls don't have gear lock? Do they? The higher level one does supposedly, okay, like, like a heroic one or whatever. whatever it's called. Yeah, like the three hundred light level. No, that's but, cool. Yeah. Yeah, overall, I think we're all really happy with the game. Uh, we're going to keep playing it. We want to play it with you guys, so be sure to get a hold of us if you want to join. Yeah, and, shoot uh, us a message. I will send you a link or something. We'll figure out. I know I sound doing. really like lackadaisical right now. Huh. but We're tired. Yeah, it's late. I'm uh, tired of talking about Destiny. I want to go play it, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, it was great. We're really excited. I don't know what we're doing. Well, next episode, we're going to raid, so... Be sure to join us for yeah. that if you want to watch I us. I guess run you have the raid. to do without our lovely voices for almost a month. No, they'll have our voices in the raid. Well, I mean in this format, and you get to meet some of the fire team too. We'll figure something out. Some of I our mean, squad. May, maybe, maybe that just means that. Well, maybe we can Skype you in from Japan. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it. We'll figure <laughs> Zach said out. Brian needs to kill a servitor before he goes to bed. So yeah, do, do I, Zach. So absolutely. When you we go have to home, kill five of them. No, I, I have four dead. I need one more, I think. That's ridiculous. Yeah, let's get going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> see you guys Anyways, later. Bye. All that being said, if you want to follow us on so- follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. Man, again, I just... We shortened it. I still have trouble You're with it. You're rushing. No, I know. I'm rushing. Yes. As always, we will appreciate your feedback at MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to all follow us on the Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. <laughs> Alex, what is up next for network? I don't have a good Russian accent. I'm no, sad. Just try it. Because your Australian one is on no. the line. It wouldn't be a Game Nerds episode I'll just, I'll without just be, I'll just be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Making a bad... Uh... So this week on Gone to Texas, we're going to be talking about the finale of Preacher Season 2. So please check that out. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be a little bit light this week because I also have to go to Tennessee. Uh, but it's going to be a really good show, I think. And then... <laughs> this is devolving very quickly. Uh... <laughs> Yes, Zach says in Soviet Russia, social media follows you. Oh, that's 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 Josh. Oh, that's Josh. Yeah. Uh, the, Sorry, I looked down too fast, Josh. I give you credit, dude. Right now, the 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 folks at Horror Movie Yearbook just released episode twenty one. It's the class of nineteen seventy four, where they're talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the yes. Great Texas Horror Texas. Tournament. It's alive, and many other things. So please go check that out. Uh, and that's all I know for now. Yeah. So, if you listen to podcast, please listen again. Check back more times. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> bye bye. That's my ending. We're gonna. Just, that's it. <laughs>